Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 36 of the Ringside Rundown podcast, brought to you by TWM.News and the Wrestling Chronicle. Wrestling Representing the Wrestling Chronicle, my name is Eric Vasquez, and joining me on the line is my podcasting partner in crime. Yes, that rhymes. She is Shay Hicks, and Shay, what's going on? Not much. Can't really, uh, can't really complain. Just enjoying the lovely cold weather we have today. Yeah, it's it's a little weird. Uh, we it's like in the sixties, but they said that uh, we're gonna get some cold weather soon on our end. So hopefully it doesn't affect the podcast or, or your your commute to work is even worse. Oh, it was it was so weird because yesterday it was like the fifties. Mm-hmm. And that was fine. And then today it was like 30 something. So wow. that, that's wow. Pennsylvania weather. I'm not surprised <laughs> by it. it. It People complain about it all the time. And it's like, you guys have been living here for how long? You should know that this is just nothing new. It's winter. You know, what can, yeah. you, what can you expect when you live in the Northeast? Yeah, uh, exactly. But anyway, but anyway, uh, I got some good news. Uh, one that our loyal listener, Mike, would love, love to hear. I yes. finally caught an episode of NXT UK. Nice. How do, how was yeah. it? I actually I actually can see why he wants us to really uh, take a look at it and, you know, kind of analyze it because it's got some good wrestling. The only thing I was a little tripped up on was trying to get the talking segments down because the accents are so heavy. And, you know, yeah. you're, going, you're going into it blind trying to learn these new characters is almost like what we were going through with nxt 2.0 is trying to learn these new characters and everything like that but the actual the actual wrestling is is pretty damn good was isla dawn on there at all no no isla dawn wasn't featured on this episode um but they did have a they did have a great opening women's match between um amel and nina nina samuels okay which was a which was a great wrestling match uh a kid a kid and saxon hustley was great and then the main event tmn which is a a, someone i didn't know anything about um took on uh nathan frazier which was a really really good technical uh main event with a little bit of a little bit of high flying tmn is a little bit of a of a brawler Mm-hmm. He's a he's smaller in stature, but he makes up for it. He's kind of a brawling type, so I'm excited to keep going with this NXT UK and try to see if I can find my fandom within this wrestling. I know Mike says it's his favorite hour long wrestling show, so I'm oh. excited. Oh, <laughs> that's that's some that's some pressure right there, especially with yeah. Rampage. Yeah, well, yeah, that's the thing. You know, he really likes the technical aspect of it, and yeah. so do I. So I'm gonna stick with it. Uh, and in the coming weeks, you'll hear more about my uh, experience watching NXT UK. So more wrestling talk on this wrestling podcast. Here? Nah, that sounds unlikely. <laughs> that doesn't that's, sound right. That's basically all we talk about. We have to talk about uh, what went down on Raw this past Monday. Hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, kind of kind of yeah. an interesting show. The, the one thing I'm noticing is that the actual wrestling on Raw isn't that bad it's that mm-hmm. the show the show is dominated by talking segments yes yes it talking is. talking segments and, and general tomfoolery that has mm-hmm. nothing to do with wrestling such as the opening quiz bowl between alpha academy and rk bro uh it was a quiz bowl rk bro ended up winning because randy orton knew how many how many ounces uh how many grams was in an ounce and <laughs> that got a that got a great reaction from the uh Denver Colorado crowd. 
and Randy, <laughs> and uh, Randy Orton's like, what? You don't think you're the only one that likes to bake? Which oh I thought God. was, yes, the, the, <laughs> the, 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 the marijuana humor was in full effect during yeah. this segment. RK Bro ends up winning the quiz bowl, and that means that they get a shot at the Alpha Academy and the Raw Tag Team Championships. However, that didn't happen tonight. Uh, whenever that happens, we, we shall see. But the, the Alpha Academy took on Montez Ford, Angelo Dawkins, and the Street Profits in a really good match. I got to give him that. Uh, Angelo Dawkins is really starting to shine. You know, Montez Ford gets all the accolades because he does all the high-flying stuff. Mm-hmm. He can leap around in the ring. But Angelo Dawkins is really putting it together and becoming a really good, as they say, hot tag. You know, yeah. so yep. so so this match was enjoyable, and I and I gotta say it's it's okay with me because I like seeing Otis in in the non comical sense. Yeah, I felt I felt I felt like he makes more sense being the monster that he is. Mm-hmm. So um, this match was really really good. Uh, Dawkins was able to uh, get a roll up for a seated pin combination and get the win for the Street Profits. And uh, like I said, it's interesting to see what's going to happen because RK Bro are the number one contenders now, but Street Profits end up getting the win. Uh, so what's going to happen there? <laughs> it's going to be maybe a multi-tag team kind of thing. I don't know. I mean, who knows? It's it's very tough to tell what WWE wants to do sometimes. So, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know. The, but this is the problem with the show that gets changed you know, an hour into the doors open and the show goes live. You know what I mean? Yep. Literally it's, as the gates are opening, they're changing the show. Because it would make sense. Like, all right, if you're doing something creative, like the WWE is doing with their production, obviously there's going to be times where continuity doesn't make sense. But when you wait to the very last minute to finalize your show and have it all together, there's nobody there to check up on these things to make sure, wait, does this make sense? Mm-hmm. Is this direction that we want to go in? Does it all flow together? It all just seems like, let's put it together, and whatever we throw out an hour before the doors open is what you're going to get. Which is sad, because a little bit of... <sighs> you need to have way more continuity than not, because it's just not going to make sense after a while. If you can literally pinpoint five different plot holes in every single segment that the show has, that's not a good sign. If right. It, because, like, perfect example, if there's a movie that you really enjoy, mm. but the next movie has so many plot holes in it that you're like, wait a minute, what the heck's going on? It's going to be very confusing for you to try and watch and try and be interested if they have, like, a third movie or a sequel or whatever. Right. They just right. don't care. They're just like... Yeah, we already got the money. We'll just do it, whatever, and just go wild. And it's it's painful. It's painful. Yeah, it definitely is painful, especially, like I said, for some reason, when I'm looking over my notes, a lot of the matches, like the actual wrestling matches, are actually really, really good. It's yeah. the, it's the non-wrestling match segments that overtake everything and kind of make you go, hmm. Yeah, hmm. Does that make sense? Not really, but no. you know, it, it is WWE. Uh, Bobby Lashley is out. He comes out after the match to a huge hometown reaction. Now, the champ Lashley is supremely confident that he can walk out of the Elimination Chamber this Saturday, uh, still champion, and hopes it comes down to him and Brock Lesnar in the, ch- in the chamber. 
so I kind of like this this not really cocky but definitely confident champion that Bobby Lashley is. I always said he for me was a great champion because he carried himself as I would want a champion to carry himself. He comes out in a nice suit. Yeah. He proudly uh, carries the title with him, and he is a proud champion. He, so, he looks the part. Exactly. That's a perfect way to put it. He definitely looks the part of a champion. So I'm interested in seeing if this is going to come down to him and Lesnar like he wants it. The yeah. thing is, the Elimination Chamber, his chances of winning are very, very slim. If he can come out of this defeating the people that are in the elimination chamber it definitely will do miracles for his championship reign um something yeah. that can can be said for well not really said for big e's championship reign i'm sorry i was just, I was just reading uh some dirt sheet stuff about big e and oh. his, his halted singles push and that just kind of slipped out in my brain it's just it's uh, it makes no earthly sense to me mm-hmm. why this is happening to him because from what we see and hear, everybody loves Big E. Not only just the fans, but everyone in the back. He is like, mm-hmm. well, I think you could say he's probably one of the locker room leaders. And mm-hmm. for this to happen to him so like quickly after a title reign that was way too short, was poorly booked, never got a rematch. It's I don't get it. I, I they don't didn't even it. consider they didn't even consider him for the chamber, which is weird no. because they ha- they have Riddle in the chamber and Riddle is predominantly a tag team wrestler. Exactly. So it's kind of makes you go, "What's going on here, WWE? What's the problem?" But one of one of those plot holes sort of deals. Yeah, but that seems to be their mo, and they don't ever really seem to give a give a crap about it. But <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It makes me sad because Biggie deserves way better than this, honestly. For sure, for sure. Um, AJ Styles beat Damian Priest, perhaps putting himself at the front of the line for a U.S. championship match. This was a really good back-and-forth match. I really loved the ending where Priest was running in and AJ Styles catches him with a phenomenal forearm coming in. Um, Damian Priest, he's racking up a couple L's, looking a little bit of vulnerable after going on a run as champion, you know, he's probably the best book champion on all the shows, which is odd. Which is you sad, know? actually, if you think about it. It's kind of sad, but yeah, I I was a little put off by how short that match was, though. Yeah, a lot it, of it people was said really the same thing. short. I but it wasn't one of those where geez, it was like two seconds long and that was just like, why was it even a match? That was still right. a good match. It was just short because they, they didn't feel rushed, which is kind of surprising for as short as the match was. It felt competitive. It really wasn't one-sided. But yeah, uh, Reese and Damian Priest possibly losing the title at some point. Ooh. I hope not. I I would only hope that if he does lose the title, it kind of elevates him into now he can be a main event player and if you know maybe i would love to see damian priest and bobby lashley go at it for the title i think that would be pretty pretty good yeah i hope so yeah um the miss tv segment just broke down into a rematch segment dominic mysterio gets a win because the miz was too busy arguing with ray mysterio allowing dominic to roll him up for a pin so this is kind of going back and forth between the miz and ray mysterio we'll see how that plays out in the coming weeks uh, Bianca Belair delete uh, de- deleted. <laughs> she, deleted. Please, <laughs> please. Yeah. She defeated Nikki Ash. Nothing really noteworthy for me in this match. It was just kind of no. there. It just kind of happened. 
Um, one of those matches that probably suffered from a time situation, but they tried to make it interesting with Bianca Belair getting the win with a KOD on one good leg because Nikki A.S.H. was working the leg. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, Kevin Owens defeated Austin Theory in another good match. Those two have some sneaky good chemistry with each other. Yeah, they um, do. I think and, it's safe to say it was the match of the night, really. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think um, the way Austin Theory's working, he's working like a veteran, but mm -hmm. he's still pretty new there. But it's cool to see someone who's new, someone who's still fresh working as a veteran against a veteran like Kevin Owens in another good match. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. Maybe that'll play out into a feud after the Elimination Chamber. I'm interested in seeing what they do with a young talent like Austin Theory for WrestleMania. Is he a part of WrestleMania? We shall see. Yeah, well, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, then we had a segment with between Becky Lynch, the Raw Women's Champion, and her opponent for uh, Elimination Chamber in Saudi Arabia, Lita. That segment broke down into a brawl with Lita getting the upper hand, hitting a moonsault on Becky. So a nice little way to give Lita some shine, uh, have her look dominant on the way out. So this doesn't look like it's almost going to be one-sided. That's the one thing I'm interested in. Is there a little bit of ring rust between, mm. you know, the time that Lita has had off in the, in the ring? She's mm -hmm. going up against Becky Lynch, who's top of her game. So it's interested to see if uh, Lita has a little bit of ring rust. I know you're excited for the match. Uh, I it, It's very tough for me because obviously I'm excited for this mm -hmm. match just by itself. But the fact that it has to be in Saudi Arabia is... I don't like it. I really money, don't. Money conquers all, you know? I saw something where I had literally just saw this tweet 20 minutes before we went on that I think the government saudi government's paying wwe like 50 million dollars a show a show a show i think or at least in the contract i mean i don't really remember it didn't really specify but mm. 50 million is still a lot of money especially for 10 years yeah per show that that would be insane amount of money but i mean <sighs> th that market they 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 love them some wwe that's for sure yeah and it's just <sighs> I really don't, let's put it this way, I have yet to actually watch one of these shows mm. because I just can't bring myself to do it because this is just a, and it's tough obviously because we have, have to obviously remember this kind of stuff and look the stuff up afterwards for the podcast or whatever, but mm. to me it's just, I can't stand to see all of this performative activism where it's ah, okay. oh we're such see we're making so much progress in this company and or in this country and oh it's getting so much better here and see look wwe is even coming over here and oh look at this and it's like no because you're still some of the worst human right you were still probably one of the worst countries when it comes to human rights you your women's rights are still terrible um it's still illegal to be a member of the lgbtqia plus community in saudi arabia so it's kind of hard for me to justify watching that because i check off a lot of the boxes on that so why yeah. why it's just yeah. it's tough i would that was actually going to be my next question is as if you were a performer you know obviously in your situation like you said, you check off a lot of the boxes that seem to anger these people. So it wouldn't be safe for someone like you to go over there and perform. Yeah. Um, so 
And 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 that's the funny thing too that came up too because they were talking about how Lita talked about before she stepped in years ago when they started doing these Saudi shows how she was so against the Saudi shows yeah and how obviously it was just a cash grab and now everybody's on her case because they're like well now you're doing the show yeah and now it, you're here yeah it's 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 we it's weird it's weird yeah. it's got to put it's got to put other people in a weird position because I'm sure there's other people that are just like well I'm just gonna go do my job and do what I'm asked and that's okay you yeah. know but it's it's also okay to for people to feel the same way you feel um especially if they're a performer do they feel safe that's the utmost importance when yeah. it comes to these shows is do they feel safe i mean think of even years ago when malachi black was still with wwe he definitely couldn't go more or less because of the tattoos he had right tattoos, like come on i mean granted yeah some of the tattoos to some people would i guess be jarring i don't care about him you don't care about how we both have tattoos so it's yeah. like some of my tattoos are probably jarring to some people. Who knows? But it's just things like that. I just don't understand why they're such a big deal and just so frowned upon. Mm. Like the tattoos, the being in the LGBTQIA plus community, being a woman. It's like, come on, seriously. It's just terrible. That's why it it's is. like, that's why it's like I knew when they were doing the Queen's Crown tournament. As much as I wanted Shayna to win it, you knew she wasn't going to win it because she ticked off a lot of boxes. Yeah. <laughs> like myself. So it's just, as somebody who can relate to a lot of that, it's very hard for me to justify wanting to watch it because it's just, you guys don't like my kind. Yeah. In more than one facet, you don't like my kind. So why would I give you my time? Yeah, that's very true. You know, you got you got to stand up for for these sort of things. You you know, even if it's just one voice, one voice is powerful enough. You know, to 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 shine a light into these sort of deals. It's kind of weird. I mean, to be in our situation where we podcast and we have yeah. to talk about these sort of deals, and but obviously WWE doesn't care because all no, they no. care about is, is is the money and their bottom line and making that money, and that's why we're kind of. I mean, the Saudi show doesn't even. I mean, once you add Goldberg in there, I'm like, I'm instantly yeah, I'm, turned off. Yeah, like, you know, no. Uh, but obviously, I'm gonna watch it because I have to watch it for the purpose of this podcast and things like that. Um, but we'll, you know, obviously talk about it when the time comes. Uh, up next on the show, Dewdrop beat Liv Morgan, so they're still building up Dewdrop, uh, and sadly at the expense of Liv Morgan, who takes an L. Nothing really exciting. Did you note anything in this match by any chance? I mean, I guess it's just Doodob doesn't Doodob doesn't really need to be the like stereotypical heel because she's just strong and powerful enough that she could just run through people and doesn't need to, you know, do the cheating or the trash talking or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it, I mean, she can still obviously have heel like tendencies, but it doesn't have to be like a full on like overboard kind of situation because she doesn't need it. Clearly, um, it's just, uh, it's sad that Liv had to lose. And the sad part was it wasn't a bad match; it was pretty good. Yeah, it was. They're just trying to make Dewdrop look strong, I guess, going into the chamber, and that's not going to surprise me if it comes around and she ends up having a very strong performance. But, um. 
Yeah. Did they did they know who what what are the the six women in um, the uh, in the chamber? I know there was one. They said that there was a spot. It's a open. mystery. It's a mystery. Mm. Which I well, I'm trying to remember who's in it. Honestly, um, I can't remember for the a, life of me. It's a dewdrop live. Um, Shane is not in it. No, nah, I think well, that would have been SmackDown. Oh yeah, that's right. It's for the Raw. It's to determine yeah. the number one contender for Raw. So you got to assume like Rhea Bianca. Ripley. Bianca's yeah, I think in yeah, there. Rhea's. Which that also blows my mind that Rhea is going to be going because, again, she's a she's woman. More of an she, al- she's more of yeah. an alternative. Yeah, and the mm-hmm. alternative spectrum of of life. Yes, exactly. And so, okay, so I feel like it's those three. I'm sure Carmel and Zelina because they can't help themselves. Or no, Bianca. Bianca's one, so that's four. Um, I don't know. How many are there? All right, hold on. Let's look Usually this up. six. Let's take a look. But see, um, that's the, the problem with WWE is that weekly they don't seem to care about the women's division. We talk about this literally week after week, how they just don't care about the women's division. And no. this is, you know, just the most jarring you know, spot that you could put it in where you can't even tell who are in a big match because it is a big match, a women's chamber match in Saudi mm-hmm. Arabia. Yeah, they went from having one match on the card, which was progressive and all this big hurrah, to now they're having six women in a chamber. Yeah. Which I I hope my deal is anytime that there's chambers or hell in a cell, I need to see that type of carnage. You Tell know? me about it, right? Okay, so it's Rhea, Bianca, Liv, Dewdrop, and Nikki Ash for some reason, and then Vacant is there as well. And and the caveat to this is if you win, you are the number one contender for the Raw Women's Championship, and you get that match at WrestleMania, I believe. I th- yeah, I think so. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah, Elimination Chamber match for the right to challenge the Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. Um, I feel like. In a perfect world, Rhea or Liv would win this, at least for me. Mm-hmm. Because I don't have we ever had Rhea Ripley versus Becky Lynch before? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Oh, oh I would love that. That would be another that painful w- one for me because I love them both, but that would be such a good match. Um, it would be good. It would trying be good. To think the mystery person I have a feeling might be Alexa Bliss. Ah, maybe because the only other one person I could think of is on would be technically on SmackDown unless I just change the whole oh you know the they didn't feel like keeping her on smackdown and moved her to raw which is i think maybe bailey ah bailey too yeah so i think it's either alexa or bailey i feel like alexa would be a little more so either way it's going to be somebody returning to the ring i would think because who else is there because you're not going to put carmel or zelina as a surprise because if that's the case I'd be happy I'm not watching it, but still. Uh, that'd be one underwhelming surprise. I mean, WWE is known for sometimes their underwhelming surprises, but... Um, oh, for sure. For I don't, sure. Yeah, I feel like it would just make more sense being Alexa, I guess, because she's technically already on Raw, but Bailey, I don't think, ever got drafted. That's I think she was still hurt when they did the draft, so she could go wherever she wants. Yeah, and I'd love to see a Bailey-Becky Lynch match at WrestleMania. I think that would be a, a really good match, tight wrestling match. I think it would be. T- oh, that just sucks, though, because we kind of, it kind of goes against what we've been saying with the whole, like, oh, you keep relying on the four horsewomen thing. Yeah. It'd yeah, be a good match. Uh, I don't know. In a perfect world, yeah. I want Rhea Ripley to win, but 
I feel like we already know how that's going to go. True. Only time will tell. Only time will tell. Not that 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 mystery person really adds a little little sprinkling of uh, wanting to see what happens. I'll so pay I'm attention interested. to Twitter. Yeah. Well, you'll be watching via Twitter, which is yeah. good because you'll be able to give us the analysis of what other, everyone <laughs> else was thinking, and yeah. I'll be I'll suffer through the show for you. One of, us has, one of us has to. to. I'll suffer through it, and uh, I'll watch it and give you my uh, analysis of it. But I think that's a good way to put it. You know, I respect your decision not to watch the show um, because you have very good points to bring up why not to watch the show. So I respect your decision, and I look forward to seeing if you can follow along via Twitter and give us what <laughs> other people were thinking. I think that'll make the show still pretty interesting. Oh, I think so. I feel like a lot of people are probably going to say the same things. I They're probably going to be doing the same thing I'm doing, but yeah. yeah. Especially because the show is on a Saturday at 12 noon. So yeah. you're, you're either sleeping in or you're just trying to relax. You're not trying to have yeah. to take in some wrestling in Saudi Arabia. Some of us are still waking up, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Depends. I'm not I'm not gonna lie. I woke up at twelve noon today. So oh, I wish I could have. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> um but also on the show, the main event saw Riddle uh take on Seth Rollins, which I was really looking forward to. Uh it ends in a DQ when Kevin Owens comes out of nowhere and blasts Riddle in the head. Orton comes out to uh, Orton comes out to even the odds, hitting Owens with the RKO. Then the match gets turned into a tag match, which saw Owens and Rollins get the win when Rollins hit the stop on Riddle. Orton hits an RKO on Orton for funsies, and the show ends. So one of those deals where the main event gets turned into a tag match from a singles match, and Orton sends the crowd home happy, hitting an RKO on Kevin Owens, and that's how the show ends. So they're still prominently featuring... Orton, obviously, because he's Orton, but they're also prominently featuring Riddle because as we read on the internet, uh, the front office is really high, no pun intended. <laughs> pun intended. Really, <laughs> pun intended. Uh, they're really high on Riddle and like what he's all about. And I feel like he has a weird connection with the fans. I feel yeah. like I know you're not I know you're not big on Riddle. I know you're not big on Riddle, but I can see. I can see like his his childlike demeanor with the fans kind of mm-hmm. makes him, you know, well liked. And he seems like one of those guys that really doesn't give you a lot of flack. If you have an idea and you say, Riddle, we want you to do this, he's gonna go out there and do it. He's not gonna be like, Well, no, I wanna do this. Like he's not gonna be a prima donna type. Yeah. Yeah, he's very laid back. I think we know why, but <laughs> Yeah, no, he's not bad. Like I said, I definitely um he's not like Brock Lesnar to me. He's not uh, okay. bad. So, yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, so that ends the show with RKO on Owens for funsies. And uh, that's our conclusion of Raw. So we move over to NXT 2.0. Uh, NXT 2.0, like we've been saying, uh, I I want to chalk it up to growing pains. I'm, yeah. starting, I'm starting to come around because it seems like a lot of stuff in NXT is starting to get fleshed out. Um, you know, it's not like they're bombarding us with debuts and debuts and debuts i mean there's still new people coming in every once in a while but it seems like they're starting to flesh out their main stories things that they like to do and it, you know um obviously we have the dusty cup that's coming up and then this tuesday on sci-fi because nxt is on sci-fi along with raw because of the olympics so 
put that in your DVR programming note. Yeah. Um, is Vengeance Day, which mm-hmm. is their like, I guess another like takeover sort of deal, but they don't talk about takeovers anymore. Yeah. And this one is going to have the 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 Dusty Cup finals to it, which will feature. Uh, well, well, might as well get into it. Yeah. The Creed brothers who defeated Grizzle Young veterans in a very good match. I like this match because they were playing up the part that GYV uh, had been in the finals two years prior. Yeah. You know, the two years prior, they've been in the finals each time. So it was a big task for the Creed brothers to overcome such a uh, seasoned tag team like the Grizzled Young Veterans. But this also was interesting to me, too, because it showed that the Creed brothers could be a little bit vulnerable, right? Yeah. You know, we've seen them thrown around their opponents and everything like that. But this one, they they kind of got worked a little. They did, and it's it was really it was a really good match, honestly. Good sequences. It was it was um I would say it was probably the Creed Brothers' best match so far. I'd say. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, they yeah, they're doing really good. It's one of those where it's like yeah, they looked a little iffy at the beginning, but they're slowly, honestly, quickly getting better and better with each match. And it's kind of a shame though that. Grizzly Young veterans are probably never going to win anything of importance anytime soon, if ever, because they're a really good team too. Yeah, they really I, are, but they weren't winning this one. When you saw the final four teams, you knew they weren't going to win this one. Yeah, I I looked at it. I was like, man, the Grizzly Young veterans would do great on the main roster uh, in another yeah. division that's kind of thinned out in the tag team division. Imagine them going up against RK Bro or like Alpha Academy. They would be great tag team matches. Yep. Um, so hopefully that's the case because again, with NXT 2.0 being more of a feeder to the main roster, they want to see people develop in NXT 2.0 so that they can use them on the main roster. Who's to say we might see GYV there uh, one day eventually. Uh, also on the show, Tiffany Stratton beat Wendy mm-hmm. Chu and, and got her credit card back. I guess you could say, I guess that is so it? it's just so bad. <laughs> and it's not even Wendy Chu. That's like tolerable, but this whole Tiffany Stratton thing, you know she is not even close to ready to be in the ring on TV. Nowhere close. Green around the gills, I guess. You oh, it is so bad. It is so bad. And it's sad that someone like Wendy Chu, who we all know is actually Karen Q, obviously, who's a really mm-hmm. good wrestler, she should not be losing to someone like Tiffany Stratton, like at all. Yeah. And that just makes gives me a really bad feeling that they're going to push her soon. And I don't know why you would, because, I mean, I think we know why, because she's pretty and she's blonde. <laughs> she's pretty, she's blonde, she's well put together. You know, she's got the muscles and everything. And, she's definitely uh, what they what they look for. And, and that's what drives me insane, because just because you look like you could be a star doesn't mean you can translate into a star. And right now, if that's what they're thinking, oh my God, this is going to hurt. <laughs> Because she needs way more time. She needed way more time in the performance center. I just think they pushed her way too soon. Um, hopefully they realize that and kind of backtrack a little bit because yikes, that was not um that was remember, not good. Remember how we said that Jade Cardgill was mm-hmm. uh, was a little greener? is Tiffany Stratton greener than Jade Cardgill, the way we talked about Jade Cardgill? I would um, say so. Yeah, I would say, which is saying something, but yeah, I would a thousand percent say she was not as green as Tiffany Stratton is because it's just painful. That's that's why I brought it up because it's it's 
two two deals that are kind of in the same but just different contrast where yeah. Jade kind of is falling into her role. Tiffany Stratton just looks like she's going to need a lot of time, at least ring-wise, to get it together. Yeah, um, I agree. And it's going to be, I would prefer to be behind the scenes, but I have a feeling we're going to just keep seeing this on TV because why wouldn't they? Yeah. Uh, Pete Dunne took on Draco Anthony and beat him in rather convincing fashion. After the match, Tony G- D'Angelo tried dumping, jumping Pete Dunne, uh, but got his finger snapped for his troubles. Dunn then filled the ring with weapons and challenges D'Angelo to a weaponized steel cage match at mm. Vengeance Day. So <laughs> this is going to be, originally it was supposed to be a regular steel cage match, but now it's going to be a steel cage match with weapons. Kind of reminds me of the, the Ambrose Asylum deal that they tried to do. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like that's what they're going to do is they're just going to try to hog tie a bunch of weapons to the top of the cage yeah. and the middle of the cage and, it's going to be that way. I think that'll be one of the better matches on the card, though. I think so, yeah. It's it's going to be definitely brutal. Definitely going to be potentially a car crash match. We're not entirely sure, but I mean, it's weapons. We get, yeah. we get pretty excited for weapons, so yeah, why not? We'll see what they can do with it. Yeah. Uh, LA Knight defeated Grayson Waller's heavy Sangha. And then afterwards, uh, Grayson Waller says that next week at Vengeance Day, LA Knight will be arrested for violating the restraining order. So I don't think that's how the justice system works, but okay. Yeah, imagine. I don't think you can I don't think you can be like, yeah, you're not getting arrested today. You're gonna get arrested in a week. Imagine I don't think that's normal. Police. Yeah. Calling the police to a wrestling show to arrest LA Knight. Oh jeez. I love Come wrestling on. so much. It's fun. I mean, it's some of that stuff where it's just like to any reasonable person, it sounds so stupid and silly, but it's almost just so stupid and silly that it's just, it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Then, then we have a championship summit between champion Braun Breaker and his opponent for Vengeance Day, uh, Legado de Fantasma leader Santos Escobar. Uh, but this was crazy because this gets interrupted by WWE superstar Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. And, and, uh, he takes some shots at Braun Breaker, um, listing off his accolades before making it clear he wanted the gold he's never had in the NXT Championship, mm. which is which is odd because the whole time I'm going, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. This brought, this brought out Tommaso Ciampa, who was offended by Ziggler claiming the NXT Championship. So let me get your thoughts on Dolph Ziggler showing up in NXT. <sighs> Why? Ooh. I just, I don't, okay, it's kind of like, I don't know, this might, well, this probably would not get me canceled on wrestling Twitter, but I have never really been a fan of Dolph Ziggler. I always just thought, he's not bad in the ring, definitely got the charisma, whatever. I just never got the hype with him. I always thought there were, I always thought there were instances of where he was a little overrated. That's just me. But yeah, I never understood the hype around Ziggler. He's fine i guess so this didn't really excite me a whole lot but it's kind of the segment didn't really do any favors or braun breaker and escobar because i think people were caring more about chomp and ziggler possibly it just right. didn't really work <laughs> terrible it took, timing took the shine off the what what was intended to do yeah that was terrible timing on their part i don't know why they thought that was going to be a good idea but it's just i mean it's 
it is working though that they're using guys from Raw and SmackDown on NXT 2.0 because it gets people to pay attention because mm-hmm. they kind of have to. They're kind of having to force people to pay attention because they're not really giving them anything right now. Um, I don't know. It's it'll be interesting, but I think they could have done that in a different time and place, not in the middle of the main event title picture because yeah, not good. Yeah. I think I think you hit the nail on the head. It kind of took the shine away from the championship summit and building up the main event match between Braun Breaker because this is his first title defense. So yeah. this is this is big. This is big mm-hmm. um, for Braun Breaker. It's his first title defense, um, and he's going up against someone like Santos Escobar who could definitely get it done in the ring. Yeah. So um, I'm interested in the match. I'm interested to see what they're going to do with Ziggler. I'm wondering if maybe they'll push this match to go on to Vengeance Day between Tommaso Champ and Dolph Ziggler. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm in the same boat as you when it comes to Dolph Ziggler. I was never a big Dolph Ziggler guy. Yeah. You know, he was okay to me. Like you said, he was great in the ring. He has flashes of great stuff in the ring. Just never really filled that potential. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like he. He has that look, which is crazy to me. He has that look to be like a great heel or a great baby face. But he just, he just, I guess he kind of hit the ceiling with it with me. You know, he yeah. didn't break the glass ceiling. So, yeah, exactly. But I'm interested in seeing maybe this revitalizes him, revitalizes his WWE career, and he can do some fun stuff with some of the younger talent in 2.0. Um, Tommaso Ciampa, like I said, showed up. They start, He started brawling with Ziggler. Back in the ring, Legato de Fantasma put Braun Breaker through a table. Um, so Santos Escobar gets the upper hand. And like I said, I'm interested in that main event match just to see how Braun Breaker can perform on his first title defense. And obviously, I'm a big Santos guy, so I'm I'm looking forward to that. Saray uh, yeah, defeated Dakota Kai. What do you think about this match? <sighs> All right. Well... <laughs> We talked about this last week that I was excited for this match at least because they have they've had good matches before, so mm-hmm. I expected the same out of this one. And oh my god, that was why was it so sloppy? It was so sloppy. Like where'd the chemistry go? I don't know. It's don't so know. weird because and I saw this um, on Twitter too. That match was kind of sloppy, but it kind of just summarizes Saray's run in NXT. Mm. It's just weird. And it she hasn't really had that opponent where she has that chemistry with. She doesn't have that like chemistry that creates like magic. It's just been kind of going through the motions almost. Mm. And it's just odd because she's a good wrestler. She really is. We've seen Go back to her match with Dakota Kai months ago. They, there is potential there, and the mm. star power, look wise too. And it's not—it's literally the opposite of what we were saying earlier. She has the look, but she has the work in the ring to back it up. It's just for some reason something is not meshing. Something's not materializing. I don't know what it is. Um, it was a shame because. Uh, and I mean, I'm just so sick of Dakota losing. Like, oh my god. Yeah, it seems like they're using her to build up the younger stars because she yes. can get it done in the ring, but it, it it's not doing her any favors. No, and it makes me sad for what's going to happen if she goes up to the main roster because she's just going to keep doing that up there. Like, there's there is so that was this is I think the summary of both of these women. There's so much more potential than what's happening. I don't know what it is. 
for sure. I agree for sure. Um, the match was not the best match. I I, no. I was hoping to see more out of Saray. It just seems like they couldn't get out of the gates and they were tripping over each other's feet, not yes. literally but figuratively. It it uh, seemed like it was just it's disjointed, yeah, extremely felt, disjointed. Yeah, it felt very disjointed. That's a good way to put it. Um, but moving on. MSK defeated Malik Blade and Idris Inofe to advance to the final of the Dusty Cup. So we'll have our finals match at Vengeance Day between the Creed Brothers and last year's Dusty Cup winners, MSK. Who do you got in this one? I mean, I think we know who's going to win this one because this literally, when I, again, when I saw the final four teams, this screamed, okay, it's going to be the old school versus the new school. So it's going to be MSK versus the Creed Brothers. And what did we get? The exact same thing. So it's got to be the Creed Brothers, right? Yeah, I wouldn't be mad if it was the Creed Brothers. I, 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 Creed Brothers are one of the shining spots of NXT 2.0, even if you have a little bit of the growing pains because you love the black and yellow brand. Um, Creed Brothers definitely are. You look at them and you go, ooh, that's kind of neat. Yeah, it's. It should be good though. I think it'll be a pretty good match because we've we've talked about it before. MSK is really good, and yeah. the Creed Brothers are really good too. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of I'm excited for this one. It should be pretty good. Like I said, I always look at it and go, man these these teams and these performers on NXT 2.0 are supposed to be going up to the main roster uh, eventually in due time if everything works out. So you kind of wonder how how they fit you know in yeah. the future in future sense so i'm excited because i think msk creed brothers is going to be a good match it's not going to be one of those matches where the creed brothers can just throw around their opponents like they usually mm. do they're going to have a they're going to have a tough time trying to do that with msk who are definitely the lighter quicker uh, of the two teams so it's going to be an interesting match yeah i agree and it's going to be good yeah Hopefully. and then in and then in the main event of NXT 2.0, Mandy Rose defeated Kaylee Ray to retain the NXT Women's Championship thanks to a distraction from the rest of Toxic Attraction. Io Shirai makes the save, not allowing Toxic Attraction to inflict any more damage to Kaylee Ray. Uh, earlier in the show, they were talking about finding a tag team partner for Io Shirai because Zoe Stark is still out of action with a knee injury for the Women's Dusty Cup. Mm. And uh Io Shirai had an idea and it looks like her idea uh for a tag team partner is Kaylee Ray. What do you think about that? I think that would be a pretty good team, honestly. Just imagine two of the best women in the ring in NXT right now as a team. They're easily the favorites for the Dusty Classic on the women's side, I'd think. And we do have a question about that. Um, I believe so, so we'll save that for later. But Ooh. poor Zoe Stark though. <laughs> She's getting the shaft right now, isn't she? Yeah, I mean they're still trying to put her in the picture, you know, trying to help Io Shirai find someone. Yeah. So I think I think they're still high on Zoe Stark and, and oh, I think so. Io Shirai as a team, maybe. Uh, but you know, so they want to keep her around and keep her a part of the show, so that way, you know, she doesn't become an afterthought, like you said. But it's mm -hmm. going to be interesting to see what the women's Dusty Cup is going to look like. I like the fact that they gave each Dusty Cup its own time to shine. Yeah, you know, yep. they didn't put them all together in one spot to kind of take one shine away from the other. The women will have their time to uh, develop in the Dusty Cup storylines and the men's is going to be at the final at Vengeance Day. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, the match, <laughs> the match itself, though, the main event. It wasn't bad. No, it was surprisingly it was not bad. But are we literally going to 
mask the fact that Mandy Rose is not as legitimate of an NXT women's champion as some of the other champions have passed by literally having her cheat to win every single damn time. She hasn't won clean yet. And you expect people to think she's a formidable champion and, oh, this could finally like cement her as an NXT champion. She has needed help every single time. You're kind of working against her at that point, because if you want people to take her seriously, you might have to have her actually beat someone clean, you know, just mm-hmm. a thought. And of all people, you could, if you beat Kay- like Kaylee Ray, that is a pretty, like, like, I don't know, title reign cementing kind of win. Right. But no, we couldn't do that. She has to always cheat. To- and it's like, I get it. Yeah, she's a heel. They do this all the time. But mm-hmm. if you want people to take her seriously, she's going to have to actually beat someone on her own. So yet again, yeah, I'm, I still don't believe her as champion. I haven't. And I'm, if this is how it's going to keep going, I'm never going to believe her as champion. So not really doing a good job. Yeah, I think I think you you said it right. When it's all about the believability of being a champion. Um, and like you said, she's a heel. So you expect heel tactics, but not all the time. No, you know? like not hell, all. hell, even like go over to AEW. You have Britt as the women's champion. Yeah, she's used Jamie Hayter and Rebel and obviously now Mercedes Martinez, which we'll get to later, but she can still beat people on her own. She has. Yeah. She's beaten Chris Statlander on her own. She's beaten people on her own. She's more than capable. Mandy Rose, it's just like, are you trying to hide something here? Uh, if you're creative, are you trying to like hide the deficiencies or just the fact that you don't trust her as champion, but clearly you do because she still has the belt, but she's going to have to beat somebody at some point clean for people to actually care about her as champion. If that will even do it by then, it might be a lost cause already. For me, it is at least. Mm-hmm. No, I think you're I think you're totally right in your assessment. Um, I will say I feel like Mandy has gotten a little bit better. She's gotten a yeah. little, little bit better than than she's not. She's not exactly green. But no. I can see that they're trying to cover up some, like you say, they're covering up some deficiencies with toxic attraction. I think her the one positive about Mandy Rose is that when she speaks, it's believable. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, like they did the little uh, pre-match vignette where she talks about being the baddest bitch in the game. Da, 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 da. Yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> the whole thing, the whole time though, I'm looking at it and going, okay, that to me she's saying it with conviction so yeah it's it's she's she's not playing a character it almost Mm -hmm. looks like she's it's an extension of herself yeah so so there's that one positive and i just like to see a little bit of a different variation in the ring maybe show off if is she gonna be a little bit more technical is she gonna be a brawler is she gonna be solidify what she is in the ring and that'll take away some of those deficiencies that you see exactly uh, and th- that covers up our AEW, uh, AEW, I'm sorry, NXT, I got, I got <laughs> buzzing, yeah, I got buzzing in my ear from my headphones, yeah. uh, but, uh, that covers up our NXT recap for the week, uh, and then now we move on to AEW, where I was kind of sad because this show took place in Atlantic City, mm. and I literally lived like a half an hour away from Oh, my God, I honestly wondered, because when we were watching it, Mom did ask if you were at the show, and I said, I don't think so, because he would have told me. No, I wasn't. The funny thing is, I had a friend. You should have been. Yeah, yeah. I had a friend come over, and we were watching it, and he looked at me and goes, 
they're in Atlantic City. Why aren't we there? Like, yeah. we, always, we always go to we always go to wrestling shows together. Uh, so he was like, "Why aren't we there?" I was like, "Well, I said they were gonna be there, and nobody really jumped at the chance to go." Like, hey, let's go see AEW in Atlantic City. And but then, then you and then you see what happens, and you're exactly, like, "Now I'm really pissed." Exactly. I'm watching the show. Go, man. This would be a perfect show to be there. Yes. firsthand and see what's going on because they really did uh put together a great show in Atlantic City and it kicked off exactly the way you said it was. You you had uh MJF come out following his big win against CM Punk and all he did was brag and brag and brag about beating yep. CM Punk in Chicago. Yeah, and I mean were we surprised? No, because no. that's just that's just him. It's just oh when are we doing the whole wardlow thing because it's just it uh we talk about this every single week at some point something's got to give i I feel it's it's coming it's coming i feel like i feel like revolution is gonna be the blow off that would be nice because i mean we've only been doing this for how many months now yeah so punk comes out during this big braggadocious claim of winning and you know all that good stuff he comes out obviously he wants to get his hands on mjf for cheating to win um and obviously they're touting the fact that you know you got the whole pinnacle out there and cm punk's out there by himself then out comes darby allen and and sting you know and then you get the whole thing and then dax hardwood gets on the mic and he wants a rematch from greensboro and then this was kind of a little convoluted for me yeah all right because it was it's it took the focus off MJF winning. We went back to something about Greensboro and wanting a rematch for Greensboro. And then MJF goes, well, you can uh, pick a partner to take on FTR, but it can't be Darby Allen or Sting. Yeah. So it was kind of, it was a lot going on. Yeah. It was weird. I honestly thought they were going to do Wardlow. That would have been something. Interesting. But obviously not. We'll get to that later, but yeah, mm. it was kind of, uh, there was a lot of things going on at once. It was like, getting a little hard to keep up with, but yeah. Yeah, it was it was a little hard to keep up with, but first match of the night, speaking of Wardlow, he gets the first match of the night and he defeated the Blade from the AHFO. Uh, mm-hmm. Nothing really big about that uh, match. It was just Wardlow doing Wardlow things. Powerbomb Symphony took care of that, no problem. And then we have the Inner Circle team meeting. Uh, yeah. Now you know there's a little bit of of uh, a rift in the inner circle. Speaking of Santana and Ortiz, they kind of are saying the things that I said about it. I mm-hmm. felt like the inner circle was taking the focus off each individual, not Sammy Guevara, each individual's greatness. Speaking yeah. of Santana and Ortiz, a great tag team, but really you wouldn't know it. No, it's just, it was a little odd though, because I honestly, for a while going back and forth on this, I'm like, okay, who's supposed to be the heels in this? Right. Because Jericho kind of teased it a little bit. And then Mm -hmm. Santana and Ortiz kind of, they didn't really even tease it. It was just, you could see their point of view, but then Jericho was kind of acting heelish. And so I'm like, what's going on? And then it was, yeah. And the worst part is they both had solid points. Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm I'm siding with Santana and Ortiz on this one. I felt like they get pulled into a lot of Jericho's crap, and it takes yeah. away from from their 
their greatness. And it's, yeah, and then it's tough, too, because, I mean, I agree, because they always have to help clean up Jericho's mess, but then Jericho made a good point where you guys had your shot at the title that you keep saying you never got, and you lost. That's true. Very true. And and you think about it, I mean, feel how you want about Chris Jericho, but if you're aligning yourself with Chris Jericho, you're definitely getting a good rub, as they say in in the wrestling business. Um, So... I can see where Chris Jericho would be like, well, I mean, come on now. Like, without me, you guys would just be another tag team. And you, like you said, you, they had their shot and they ended up losing. But they're they're so much better than what they've been showcased as. Yes. Yes, I agree a thousand percent. Like, oh, they just need their time. And I think this finally is going to be their time. It's mm-hmm. just a matter of we're actually breaking up the inner circle, possibly. And yeah. Sammy was tired of his shit, too. He was... I mean, I would be too. If someone told me to shut up, I wouldn't be too thrilled about it. So, and if if anyone, Sammy doesn't have to take any shit from anybody in the inner circle because yeah, no, he's, he's the only champ. champion. He's the champ, so it's yeah. like, yeah, it, uh, yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with this because, yeah. ooh, oh boy. Well, this is gonna happen. Uh, this coming dynamite is gonna be Jericho teaming up with Jake Hager to take on Santana and Ortiz. And Santana and Ortiz really are looking forward to this one. They're really looking forward to dropping Chris Jericho. Yeah, which is, which is crazy to think. <laughs> right? Like, goddamn. All right, and then uh, this is interesting. We the whole week Tony Khan's been talking about opening the forbidden door and forbidden door this forbidden door that. And I thought prior to the commercial break, um, Adam Cole and the young bucks attack were Pongy vice, Trent Barrett and Rocky Romero only to be interrupted by debuting someone Mm. from another company. So here I am thinking, okay, there's your forbidden door. It's not what everybody thought it was going to be, but there it is in one switchblade Jay white. I don't know. Have you seen a lot of switchblade Jay white? Um, I have not, but I've heard that he's good. Really good. He's really, 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 really good. Um, There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. This guy is really good. Can get it done in the ring. No problem. And not only that, he kind of morphed into, as a heel, he's morphed into a better professional wrestler than people who give him credit to. So I'm excited for someone like you who hasn't seen a lot of him to see what he can do in AEW. He's going to have some great matches, but he looks to have, have aligned himself with the elite. Uh, and I was thinking, yeah. this is the only, uh, this is the the Forbidden Door deal. You know, Jay White, okay, it wasn't exactly what everybody thought, but it was great, but I was wrong. Oh, yes. we. <laughs> oh, my God. I was so excited for this. You have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Isaiah Cassidy comes oh. out. He has a singles match. And again, this is a qualifier match for the Face of the Revolution uh, ladder match. That's going to happen at AEW Revolution in March. Uh, so Isaiah Cassidy comes out. He comes out with uh, Mark Quinn and Matt Hardy. And his opponent, the debuting free agent, the recently married Keith Lee. Oh, I was so happy to see Keith Lee. You have no idea. I I love Keith Lee. I just do. He's just... Oh. We talked about how many episodes of this show, how they were just screwing him over <laughs> in the main roster in WWE. And it was mm. just... They were making him into the stereotypical big guy because, God forbid, he was a big guy that could move and fly and be athletic. It's like freak of nature, really. Yeah. 
and to see that all again all the stuff that we saw in nxt when he was there it was just so fun to see i i feel like poor mom wanted killer cross i think which that would have been cool too yeah that would have been cool too but i felt like keith lee was the perfect guy for this spot yeah honestly and oh could you imagine if he wins this this is gonna be fun uh i i mean think about it who who can really beat him yeah you know who can <laughs> honestly beat, you know the whole time i'm watching him perform and having this match i'm thinking how could you screw this up wwe how well we've you- said that about quite a few like how could you screw Killer Cross up. How could yeah. you screw Mia Yim up? How could you screw? For sure, for sure, we all said of them. A, yeah, we said it a bunch of times. But like you said, we were watching Keith Lee do Keith Lee things, not what yes. Keith Lee's been told to do. It We've was been, so refreshing. Yeah, it was. It was watching Keith Lee do the stuff that brought him to the big time. Yes, exactly. You, you know, so I'm think I'm sitting there going, "How can you screw this up?" Yes, yes. Like I. Like, Oh, I, it was just great to see the good, the, the proper Keith Lee back, not WWE Keith Lee, your main roster Keith Lee. It was so good to see actual Keith Lee back. And, Mm -hmm. oh my God, I, we'll talk about this later on who else I wanted to show up. Unfortunately didn't, but hopefully that'll change, but we'll get to that in a few segments. I think if I remember correctly, what spot Mm -hmm. of the card it was on, but yeah, it was just so good to see him again. And the crowd, oh my god, that crowd lost their shit. Yeah, it was cool, and they were singing the songs, and yes. you know, it, it was cool to see Keith Lee back in doing Keith Lee things. I know, know? it was. Oh, I love it. That's for me was the, was a big thing, and and shout out to Isaiah Cassidy who sold perfectly. Oh yeah, you know, he sold perfectly for Keith Lee, so it made it look even bigger. Like when he threw him, when he beeled him across the ring, we all like went, "Holy crap!" That was insane. That, like, was, that was so insane. It was so insane. But, it, like, again, it was Keith Lee doing the stuff that brought him to the big dance. Yeah, it was Keith Lee being Keith Lee. Yep. That's all you can uh, That's all you can attest it to is Keith Lee being Keith Lee. So, moving on, we find out who CM Punk's mystery partner is. On the whole night, he was tweeting on Twitter. He was trying to get Danhausen to yeah. see if Danhausen was available. He tried to see if Samoa Joe was available. Oh, I saw that one. What was it like, Samoa Joe, are you still in the country? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was very, very interesting. Eventually, CM Punk's partner ended up being the one, the only, John Moxley. So that was pretty cool to see CM Punk team up with John Moxley. John Moxley looks like a man like on his own island of just I'm going to do what I want and do it the right way. It's it, like you say about Keith Lee and how it's refreshing to see Keith Lee in that way. It's refreshing to see John Moxley, a healthy John Moxley, yes, do what he does in the ring and it was just cool to see him and CM Punk teaming up together. Uh, against FTR, which is one of the best tag teams on the planet. Uh, this was a great match. I got to give it to him. I had a lot of fun watching this match, and I felt like uh, it flowed together very good. Yeah, I think the problem is it kind of went back to it was just a little too long, I think. Mm-hmm. But other than that, oh, God, so damn good. And it just proves that FTR is still one of the best tag teams in wrestling, if not the best tag team in wrestling. And they can just wrestle anybody. They're another team that could wrestle. They could wrestle wet paper bags. It would be great. Yeah. So the caveat to this was if CM Punk ends up getting a victory in this match, he gets his hands on MJF. 
So uh, it looks like maybe they're shooting for the pay-per-view. The pay-per-view is going to happen yeah. March 6th. Um, and I hopefully this is a pay-per-view because this is a pay-per-view worthy rematch. And this is a rematch that is not like hammered home, like not like WWE style rematch. This is a rematch mm-hmm. you want to see because the first match was good. Like we said, we could have shaved off a little bit of time. The false finish kind of threw things off. I feel like this is good because this will give them a chance to do what they couldn't do and then fix any of the of the wrongdoings from the first match. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I'm excited for it. Um, I'm excited for the rematch whenever it happens. Uh, TBS Championship match. AQA makes her Dynamite debut against the champion Jade Cargill. Nothing really noteworthy of this match. Cargill gets the win, and she's still undefeated. So uh, do you have anything to note of the match? I completely forgot that AQA was Ada Ramirez in NXT. You know what reminded me? That Shooting Star Press. Mm-hmm. Because I thought about it for a minute, and I told him, I'm like, yeah, that was the one that beat uh, Taya Valkyrie back in NXT when, you know, they were both there, because, you know, that was a thing. (laughs) I kind of forgot that was a thing, but yeah, it was a thing. But yeah, I completely forgot, but no, she looked, it was really not that bad. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't five-star classic, obviously, but there were a couple moments where I think she had that crowd believing she was going to win. But Jade just was Jade, so it's going to be interesting to see who, like, Jade's next legitimate challenger is. I think that's the best way to put it. Legitimate challenger, not these like squash matches. Like you go into it knowing she's going to lose or win, mm-hmm. but right. Well, s- speaking of going into it, knowing she's going to win, Serena mm-hmm. Deeb defeated Katie Arquette in a rather quick match, I guess, because it's one of those five minute rookie challenge match that she's been doing. Yeah. So it wasn't anything, six, you know, spectacular, noteworthy. Serena Deeb just going on a tear, beating up these rookies for no reason. I love that cockiness of, I'm just going to sit here and wait because I know I can beat you. And she literally waited until exactly one minute to win. So that's like really cocky stuff. I will say this was the segment where I was kind of hoping like Mia Yim would show up. Uh, Hopefully this leads to Mia Yim showing up because I want to see Mia Yim somewhere. Mia Yim, Serena Deeb would be fantastic. Oh, I would love that. I love that that so much. That would be fantastic. Give me, I will pay money to see that. Yeah, definitely for sure. Speaking of money, blood makes things go green i don't know where i was going with that but <laughs> the main the main event a texas oh. death match for Boy. for the aew world championship and when i say blood i mean there was a lot of blood on both ends there was oh my god i it they were bleeding more than thunder rosa and Britt baker did in their match in march and that's saying something because that was now oh. are, are you like how do you feel about so much because the one anytime you hear WWE officials talk about AEW, they always talk about the blood and the guts. Yeah. They don't like the blood and the guts. That now AEW has taken that and they kind of ran with it. Yeah, where, you, like, yeah, you could say that. <laughs> they, they just literally ran with it. Uh, because every match now, there's just somebody gushing blood. Do you think oh. they overdo it or or is it well placed? I I mean, I think for this one it had to be well placed because you can't have something called a Texas death match and not expect blood upon blood upon blood, but Very good point. it's just one of those where, I mean, if you're a little squeamish, then you'd have a bit of a problem. But if you're not, you kind of can't help but watch no matter how this was an absolute like 10 car pileup of a car crash kind of match. Yeah. 
Oh, the, the like specifically the fork. Stab Archer stabbing Hangman with the fork and then licking the blood off. That was nasty, but yeah. oh, whatever. Oh god. Oh god. But then I thought it was oh, the I think the coolest thing I thought or I saw though was when they like got rid of the top rope so Hangman couldn't do the buckshot lariat, but then he used the referee to do it instead. That was yeah. really cool. It was yeah. oh, it was just so good. And then the ending. The, yeah. the, the next crash. title. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah, the crashing through the table. Oh my god. It was just insane. Absolutely yeah, insane. Which is good because they were in Atlantic City, which is a heavy GCW crowd, yep. deathmatch wrestling crowd. So they got their money's worth when they wanted to see blood. Uh, that's for sure. Oh, they definitely did. And, yeah. and then we see who um, Hangman's next challenger is, and I am very excited to say the least. Yes. After the match, Adam Cole made his way to the ring, grabbed the AEW world title, and draped it over Paige's shoulder as the commentary team discussed the possibility of him being the next top contender because according to the rankings, Adam Cole is next in line for a Ooh. world championship title oh. opportunity. This so, is going to be a good one. I just th- know it. This is one of those, we talk about solidifying title reigns. This is the one that if it does happen and somehow Hangman Page is able to defeat Adam Cole, this solidifies him as a world champion because Adam yes. Cole is a world champion contender. Whatever promotion he goes to, he deserves to be the world champion. And it's going to be hard for a hangman page to, to take that away from Adam Cole here in AEW. But if he's somehow able to pin Adam Cole to retain his championship, whenever it happens, yep, it's going to be a big deal. It's going to be a huge deal. <laughs> like, it's kind of it reminds me of what they did with him and brian danielson where you be one of the best technical wrestlers in the world that's a big deal and then you beat adam cole that is just as much of a big deal if not more it's gonna be oh i can't wait to watch this match this is gonna be so good this is the type of stuff that AEW does that i said wwe needs to take note of i've been saying it before AEW was in existence this is how you get people excited for things to happen in the future this is how you get them to come back and say okay we need to see what happens next week because you have adam cole come out do the whole thing with the title now you want to see if adam if hangman adam page is going to go i want adam cole next you know this gives you a reason to tune in next week you're anticipating something happening and that's why people are so locked in and tuned into AEW is because they do a lot of what the Attitude Era used to do in which mm-hmm. it was like the show would end, but at the end of the show, you're like, I need to see more. I need, yeah. I can't wait a whole nother week. I need to know what happens now. So that's why people would flock to the early comings of the internet and seeing what was on the dirt sheets and things. That, and that's what made internet wrestling internet very popular is, yep. you know, and, and this is what AEW is doing. So, Kudos to them. Shout out to them. They're doing a good job. Um, And that concludes our coverage of AEW Dynamite this week. So we hop on over back to WWE for SmackDown. And uh, this one is interesting because we had a great main event between Naomi and Charlotte Flair for the uh, SmackDown Women's Championship. And this one was cool, too, because um, they're finally putting a stop to Sonya Deville's reign of terror. In the yeah. sense that, in the sense that uh, Adam Pierce got an email from Chairman Vince McMahon, basically saying if Sonya Deville 
gets involved in the match in any way, shape, or form, her job here in the WWE can be severely compromised. So My I was question ex- would be what took so long, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is kind of old and senile. I mean, that's true. That is very true, actually. So that's not, yeah, not surprising. I did like that little caveat, though, of like, yeah, Sonya couldn't do anything, but didn't say Naomi didn't have to do anything. Right. And then Naomi took that to heart when she smacked the daylights out of Sonya Deville, uh, which I thought was good, which I, I thought was good because... It, it, it's 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 almost like stone cold that's what you want to do to your boss you know when your boss gets right. under your skin you yes. just want to smack him around really good hopefully your boss isn't listening to this podcast <laughs> no i don't i don't mind my boss so i <laughs> just in case yeah no i, I don't mind my boss they're, they're he's cool <laughs> but yeah no it, it's the truth though if you have a i mean maybe like my older boss yeah but yeah it's <laughs> don't you wish some days some days um let me ask you what do you think of ww building up los lotharios the cousins of angel garza and Humberto carrillo they're really building them up into something because they took on the new day and this was a phenomenal match just like it was last week and this one saw los lotharios pick up the win beating two former world champions in Big E and kofi kingston <sighs> that part's the toughest part of it because obviously you don't want to see Big E and kofi lose but Honestly, Los Lotharios really aren't that bad of a team. They got good chemistry. They're really good in the ring. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, if you want to give them some credibility, have them beat somebody like Big E and Kofi Kingston, probably one of the best, if not the best, tag team of all time. So, I mean, it sucks because you don't want to see Big E and, the, and Kofi and them lose because, mm-hmm. obviously, we like them. But, I mean, maybe there's a bigger picture. Who knows? But That's that's the thing like it's it sucks because you don't want to see them lose but for me it's like well at least we get to see another team getting built up basically from nothing from nothing and now they're being built up somebody likes them and somebody likes to use them so it's cool to see that happening but i can see your point in saying like two former world champions losing to los lotharios is kind of shocking to say the least yeah that's i think the easiest way to put it it's a little shocking a little jarring kind of sad but I guess I had to be done because if you want them to make an impact, then there you go. Yes. And then we have a backstage interview segment. Uh, Michael Cole interviewing the uh, Universal Champion Roman Reigns, asking him questions about his match going up against Goldberg at Saudi Arabia in the, not in the Elimination Chamber, but at the Elimination Chamber uh, live event. And here's what Roman had to say. He said, if I was in WCW, everyone would be winning because they still be in business. You God. Brutal. Oh, man. Uh, When the topic of discussion turned to Brock Lesnar, Reigns laughed it off and asked why they're still talking about him. The head of the table ended the segment by promising to Goldberg, Goldberg at (sighs) Elimination Chamber. I hope. (laughs) God, I hope. This is, this is the one where you're definitely in the camp of the head of the table. Oh, Absolutely. Even with the Lesnar one, I am. So it's like, just let Roman keep winning because you know what? Why not? Yeah, definitely. Um, Next, we have Aaliyah taking on Natalia. Now, this was originally supposed to be a dungeon style match, uh, but it ended up being uh, no, no, it wasn't really a no disqualification. It was just basically the only way you could win is by pinfall submission. 
And then uh, basically that's how Natalia won. She slapped a sharpshooter on Aaliyah. Aaliyah got to the rope, but in this match, there are no rope breaks. So she had no choice but to tap out. Uh, Natalia went to inflict more damage and she is stopped by the protector, Zaya Lee. When are we going to get a Zaya Lee match? I don't, ugh, I don't know. It's just, it really shows you how little creative cares about this feud with that match. We thought we were getting one stipulation and then you get something completely different and it's just, I, if they're trying to get you invested, it's not doing a good job because we yeah. said how bad it was last time. It was just not, it's not good. I just, ugh, I hate it. Yeah. I Another hate it. Another match that you would hope uh, you wouldn't have to see too often is Happy Corbin ugh, tinging yeah. on Cesaro. Happy Corbin ends up getting the win against Cesaro, which makes me really sad to see. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's why. And then we get to the main event. What a main event this was for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Challenger Naomi taking on champion Charlotte Flair. Man, this was back and forth. This had you on the edge of your seat. The near falls were abundant and so well done. Uh, this really made me an even bigger fan of Naomi. She can really get it done in the ring. Yeah, and how many times did we think she was going to win the title in this match? That She yeah. had that crowd behind her 1,000%. Yeah, she had them eating out of the palm of her hand <sighs> like... Those, those near falls were just something else. It was just the, oh my goodness. It was, it brought all the things that we as wrestling fans enjoy. The drama, mm -hmm. the theatrics, the athleticism. Like, it had it all. And I, oh, it was just, as much as we've been kind of ragging on the Sonya Deville and Naomi thing, because it's just been going on for far too long. I think mm -hmm. it kind of worked in Naomi's favor. I think it kind of did what they wanted it to do because again, that crowd was in the palm of her hand because she was a sympathetic baby face that everybody wanted to see have her moment. And for once, I think it didn't matter that she lost. Honestly, one of those, like we always say, sometimes there's a victory and a loss. She was, and she was close to winning. So it's not like no one ever expected her to win. They thought she was going to win numerous times. And it's just, oh, it was just, everything was just great. It was on yeah. point with everything. Again, the emotion, the athleticism, the theatrics, the dramatics. It was, it was everything. And we saw what is coming from this match. We got Naomi and Ronda against Charlotte and uh, Sonya at Elimination Chamber. So, oh, really? I didn't even yeah. know that. Yeah, I think they announced that this afternoon. So that's gonna be um, that's gonna be something. And honestly, that's I think that's gonna be kind of good too because then that can kind of like help Ronda kind of knock the rust off a little bit, mm -hmm. and it kind of can mask it a little bit as opposed to another one on one kind of match before WrestleMania. So, right. I'm okay with that. Again, right. I'll be watching along on Twitter. It should be should be interesting. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, um, for those that, you know, maybe didn't watch SmackDown this week, if you need another reason to go back and watch this match, I mean, Bleacher Report said it's a legitimate match of the year candidate. Yeah. So uh, that's definitely, you know, reason to go back and watch it. I like that uh, Ronda Rousey came out to make the save after the match. I thought that was pretty good, sending the crowd home happy. I'm just a little... Because Rhonda is playing this part where she's there doing the thing, but she's like kind of 
she's doing it with a chip on her shoulder. Yeah, it was it was a little weird because I think I think she was always supposed to be a baby face, but I think her promo on Raw when she came back after the Rumble did not um, translate well as a baby face. It, it made her look like she had a bone to pick with people. Yeah, and this time it's and then did and it was so weird. It was just jarring because. Then on SmackDown, she did a complete 180. She's high-fiving the crowd. She's happy. She's cheerful. It's like, clearly got some rust that we need to knock off. So, go one way or the Go one way or the other. You want you yeah, to hate up us? Yeah, you want to hate us or do you want you want us to cheer for you? Which one do you want? Exactly. You got to pick a side. Yeah. Um, so, that concludes our coverage of SmackDown. We go back over to AEW All Elite Wrestling Rampage. Uh, one of my favorite hours of wrestling, and this one was no different. It's yep. just wrestling matches, you know. Nothing yeah, we like the wrestling. Just, 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 just wrestling matches. Uh, we have first off a match that was supposed to happen a couple weeks ago, but damn, COVID took it away from us. We get it now. Rapongi Vice, Trent Beretta, and Rocky Romero taking on the Young Bucks, and this one reminded me of all those matches that they had in New Japan over the yes. jun- junior heavyweight titles. Uh, it was just a throwback to those matches, and with the Bucks getting the win with the BT trigger, and it was pretty good. I gotta—I don't know if you saw it, but yeah, I, gotta I say did. It so was good. A really, really good match. I like seeing Rocky Romero in there, you know, doing yep. his thing. I think it's pretty cool that they brought him in, and I—and I, I like that they're rehashing this whole uh, New Japan thing, uh, especially with Jay White now in the fold. He ends up coming out after the match and hitting the Blade Runner on Mm -hmm. Trent Beretta for some reason, but it's always good to see Jay White and I want to see what they're going to do with him. And we got more Danhausen. And we got more Danhausen. How could we forget about Danhausen? Put a curse on both of them. (laughs) It was fun. That was so funny. I've watched that clip like five times already. It's it's too, it's, it's hilarious. (laughs) And it just makes sense to put somebody like Danhausen with somebody like Orange Cassidy. It makes perfect sense. Oh man. Uh, just, just the whole point and stare thing that he does when he puts yeah, a curse the curse. On yeah, it's just give him uh, money or he's gonna curse you. So give him money. Yeah, and then we have uh, Britt Baker taking on Robin Renegade in a non-title. Oh well, no, well this was non-title. Uh, yeah, it wasn't really anything crazy. Nothing too. It wasn't terrible though. It was pretty decent. No, it was it was decent. It wasn't terrible. There wasn't any clunkiness. They had chemistry. Um, they had some good chemistry. Yeah, because I know nothing about Robin Renegade. Never heard of her in my life. So all I know, know is she is, if I remember correctly, and hopefully I don't get slammed for this if I get this wrong. She is one half of the Mission Pro wrestling women's tag teams champions which is Thunder rosa's promotion so i know why they did that that was made perfect sense um yeah i think her she's i think they're the renegade twins i think her twin sister is the other i think they're both yeah so it made sense for her to be on here because this is kind of like another is one of those where it's like if you're a true wrestling fan or pay attention on like social media or whatever this was another kind of like wrinkle into it where this is another connection to her and Thunder Rosa, so it made nice. sense. Nice. Look at you doing the research there. I know. Just I like scrolling it. through Twitter. <laughs> Who would have thought? I like it. I like it. Uh, Baker hits the fisherman neckbreaker, followed by the stomp for the win. And then after the match, uh, Thunder Rosa tried to help Renegade when Baker kept attacking. But then Jamie Hader comes out. Oh. And- 
and starts beating down Thunder Rosa, and then Mercedes Martinez comes out. And this oh oh, the tension. Yes, she yanks Jamie Hader out of the way to get her licks in, and then we have a little bit of an issue between Hader and Mercedes Martinez. The piece is kind of quelled down thanks to Britt Baker <laughs> kind of grabbing both her girls and saying, "Hey, we we can't fight." In a- little kisses on the cheek no fighting i i need to see this match happen i need to see jamie Hayter and mercedes martinez wrestle because those two are gonna beat the shit out of each other they seem like perfect like opposites to each other yeah like oh my god and they both hit hard they would be a great tag team my God, give them the women's tag titles there, but <laughs> we'll settle for them wrestling each other. But no, I cannot yeah. wait to see that match because you know it's coming and so, I cannot wait. I think what's going to happen is Mercedes Martinez, she obviously comes into AEW wanting to be champion, not really wanting to be somebody's heavy. I yeah. think Jamie, Jamie Hayter fits that sort of role where she fits in very well with the DMD crew. I think, but I think Mercedes Martinez has her aspirations a little bit higher. Uh, Yeah. And she wants to go after some gold. And who's going to take the gold off the dentist? I don't know. I hate, I, mom and I were literally talking about this last night. I feel like it's probably going to be Thunder Rosa, but I also still want Britt to hold on to the title and break Sheeta's reign just out of bias. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'll say it just out of bias, but I feel like she could though, too. And I think I'm trying to remember they Britt would need to have the title until the beginning of June to break that record. Wow. And are we going to have this feud go for literally five, well, less than five months, four months? Yeah. So could they do it? Possibly. Should they? I'm not entirely sure, but it looks like we're getting Britt and Thunder Rosa sooner rather than later, which I mean, I could see them prolonging the feud if they, like, have Brit win by nefarious means the first time around, because she could. Mm-hmm. It's not out of the realm of possibilities, so... That, uh, I would... I don't know. I just want Brit to hold, break the record, but that's just me. I, <laughs> will it happen? I'm not entirely sure. We shall see. Only time will tell. Uh, so, moving on. Our boy Hook takes oh. on QT Marshall's top student Blake Lee and this was basically like a glorified squash match it wasn't it wasn't completely uh a wash but um hook just does hook things every every single time he goes out there he shows that he has a little different trick up his sleeve he knows how to get out of these moves really quickly and very elusive mm-hmm. and then he just slaps on the red rum and it's over before it even started yeah. so I'm 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 loving Hook. I'm loving Hook. I'm loving the the reception that he gets. I just can't wait to see him get into an actual feud. Yeah, and I honestly love how they've been booking him this entire time because instead of just throwing everything that he has to offer at once, mm-hmm. they're slowly introducing thing like newer things with each match he has. And it's just I think that's what's keeping the audience's attention and you hear it every time he comes out the reaction gets louder and louder yeah and i don't it's gonna be interesting to see too when he actually has to say something because you know at some point he's gonna have to it's just a matter of can he work on the mic or not i feel like he could but it's yeah it's just it's fun to watch hook how can you not enjoy watching hook 
I enjoy it. I enjoy it very much. And a match that I enjoyed very much was the main event of this week's Rampage. A Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, Jurassic Express defending the titles against Colton and Austin Gunn from the Gun Club, the sons of Billy Gunn, the ass boys. And the ass boys. <laughs> I, I was not looking forward to this match at all. No. I wasn't hyped for it. But, man, this was a really good match. And yeah. the, the, the ass boys showed that they can get it done in the ring. It was really competitive, too. It was, yeah. it was so – everybody had a chance to shine, and especially Gun Club, too, because I feel like – Outside of dark and elevation, they haven't really done anything outside of like backstage promos and the occasional like one-off kind of match. So they showed that they can do it. They they can shine in the main event spotlight if given the chance. And yeah, it was really really good. And it was. I mean, we knew. Come on, we knew Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy were going to win because. Yeah. Why wouldn't they? It's just going to be really interesting now to see uh, who's next in line. Is it going to be, I mean, I would love for it to be best friends. I would love for it even more to be Kings of the Black Throne. I'm praying mm-hmm. that's what we're getting. But I don't, I completely forgot about this too. We might be seeing Malachi and Penta feud because yes, Penta had that, that like Romo. Yeah, he might be bringing out Penta Dark from uh, Lucha Underground. Because oh um, oh that's uh, my friend that I was watching, uh, I was watching it with. Um, he know he was he's a big Lucha Underground fan, mm. so he pointed out, oh, that's that's Penta Dark, you know, yeah. he's bringing out the Penta Dark mask. So, oh, you know, that's a little that's a little nice thing that they do with the Malachi's Black's uh Black Mist is that it changes you as a person. It's funny what that ha- what that does, right? Yeah, right. A little mist to the eye just changes you as a person. So you're right. That is a little nice little little wrinkling of the story that they put in there as well. Obviously, it's what AEW does best is telling stories. Yeah, absolutely. Kudos to them. Rampage, definitely another solid wrestling this week. Um, So keep watching Rampage if you haven't run this back. The tag team matches at the main event and the opening were very good. So check them out if you get a chance. Yeah, definitely. It's Again, it's such a good hour of wrestling that it just makes you want to watch every single week because... It's such a refreshing change from like Raw and SmackDown where it is so bombarded with promos and speaking segments and talking segments and maybe a little bit of wrestling. Mm-hmm. It's just so nice to see the complete opposite where you get the occasional promo or backstage segment, but it's mostly just wrestling. Who yeah. thought wrestling stuff? I love it. I love it. Well, that concludes our coverage of AEW Rampage meeting. We're done for the week. And that brings us to our favorite uh, part of the show where we get to answer some of your questions. And you say that because we have a lot of questions to answer. We do. Which we're okay with. We love having questions. Questions are are great. All right, let's take a look here. Um, All right, we'll start with uh, mom's questions first. So I always find it funny because I'm usually sitting right next to her when she writes them. So I already have advanced notice of these questions. (laughs) But uh, as always, thank you for the questions. We appreciate them. Um, Thank you. Her first question is, do you think WWE is definitely going to be sold with the new premium live event uh, title instead of pay-per-views? It sounds more corporate friendly. I honestly just feel like it's one of those things where Vince McMahon's like, I got to say something different. So that yeah. way, if I hit a if I hit a buzzword, then I'm the one that made it happen. You know? <laughs> yeah, so it's I- almost like, let me let me list some of the most insignificant problems we have in this company and i'm gonna throw a dart at it 
and that's what we're gonna fix when it lands on it and i think it was just change the name of a pay-per-view i don't know it's dumb <laughs> it's stupid i mean i the only good thing that came out of this change is that they're on saturdays now which is great because uh, yes. then i don't feel like a dead man walking going into work the next morning because i have to get up super early and the pay-per-views are always 10 hours long <laughs> it's too much but i selling it i don't know god only knows what they're doing it's definitely becoming more corporate friendly and i don't like it yeah they they find new ways to be more corporate friendly which is yeah. which is crazy to think about how long they've been in the corporate world already they yeah. need more more ways to be corporate friendly and premium live events is I felt like, like you say, all the problems they had in the world, Vince just throws a dart and it lands on, I got to come up with a new way to call a pay-per-view a pay-per-view. Yeah, so I'm just going to call it. Yeah, you know, it's just, like, it's just Vince wanting to create more buzzwords. Yeah, and it's like you can stop anytime now. Like, we, we don't care. We really don't care <laughs> that much. It, whatever. Uh, um, And her last question was, how great was the Texas death match between Hangman and Archer? What a bloody fight. Do you think anyone will be able to top it? Um, Blood-wise... I don't think so. No. I loved it because it was... It, Texas Deathmatch is very old school. Yeah. Um, And they usually end up being bloody, you know, filled with blood and gore and all this stuff that WWE yeah. hates. But, um, so for me, as a, as a fan of, like, um, world-class uh, championship wrestling and stuff like that, mm -hmm. I liked it because it was kind of like a throwback to the old... Uh, yeah. Old, death matches and then on top of that it had a lot of car crash elements to it. well that the one that sticks out to me for some reason besides the fork the fork was ugh, made me shudder was when archer threw hangman onto the steps sideways oh yeah when he did the blackout and, and he, bent the damn steps sideways like <laughs> yes ugh. When he when he did the blackout on the steel steps yes. oh my god that was I, painful I thought he was gonna actually fight out out of that yeah. I didn't think he would actually take that. No, but. yeah, I didn't. I didn't either. But oh my god, I was yikes! It was yeah. it was brutal in a good way, which means it was entertaining. I mean, there are definitely brutal matches that aren't entertaining. They're just kind of too much. That honestly was very entertaining. At least for me, it was. It had a purpose. Yes, it definitely had a purpose. I agree. Um, so yeah, I'd say it was it was good. I would recommend. It was a hit. Unless you're screaming, if you're squeamish, don't, don't watch that. But if you can handle it, if you can stomach it, then please go watch it. Um, all right, let's move on to, uh, Jeff's questions. Jeff always sends in a bunch of questions, which I always appreciate. He always worries that they're not going to be bad and they're going to be bad questions, but there is no, no such thing as a bad no question. No such thing. Not here on the ringside no. rundown. Also, don't forget to check out his, uh, For the Love of Joshi podcast. We talked about it last week and- Still going strong. He, I think he recorded the second episode yesterday, yesterday, I think a few days ago. I can't remember what day it is, but he recorded it. So please go check it out. We will yeah, um, keep going. Cause yes. I, I know how hard it is, you know, in the podcasting thing, you kind of yeah. get overwhelmed and you're feeling like, you, you know, everyone else is so far ahead of you. Just keep going. This is episode two out of, you know, think of it. That's how I always think about it with this podcast. This is episode 36 out of wait till we hit a hundred episodes and stuff yeah. like that. Like I can't wait for that milestone to hit. And I think, you know, he should think of it the same way as episode two out of however many he wants to pump out. And eventually yeah. by, the, by the time he hits episode 50, he's going to feel like a legit podcaster, which is exactly cool. going to feel like a professional like us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to call it that, but yeah, sure. <laughs> so Jeff, thank you for your questions as always. His first one 
is uh, based on NXT this past week is a heel turn for Zoe Stark in the cards once she comes back. Yeah. Um, I yeah. feel like it would, I guess, wouldn't be a surprise because they could always go the you replaced me with Kaylee Ray kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I hope they kind of don't, though, because that's kind of a that's the easy way out, I think. Right. I hope not, but I wouldn't be surprised if they did. But either way, I just will be happy when she comes back because I was really impressed with her when they were using her more because she is a really good talent. And it's just a shame that she got hurt when she did. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'd say I wouldn't be surprised if it is, but I hope it's not. I hope it's not either. I think, um, they have a good camaraderie with each other being a team. So I don't want them to split up. And I think, I mean, it tells a good story though. It does tell a good story if she comes back and she's all pissed off that EO replaced her with Kaylee Ray or whatever, whatnot. Yeah. But again, you know, I think they do better as a team. And I think Zoe Stark is, she's definitely someone that I was like before the, before NXT 2.0, I looked at her and I went, Oh, she would be great you know, on the main roster. She has a lot of skill. Yeah. She brings something different to the table, sort of like Io Shirai. And I think that's why they work together so well. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to see them separate so soon. Oh, totally. I, I completely agree. I would definitely say no. Um, but who knows? They might not listen to us. <laughs> we could talk something into existence. I don't know. Um, okay. Should Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray be viewed as favorites heading to the Dusty Cup? If they are I- in fact going to team up for it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, I I said that when we were talking about NXT, like that is the team to beat. Aside from, I guess Raquel Gonzalez and Cora Jade, those are really. I think those would be the only two teams so far that we know of. Yeah, which is sad. That, but I mean, that means that the Dusty Cup on the women's side is going to be really good. I hope. So yeah, I I feel like because I feel like they're fleshing out these stories for it. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Like, I feel like they're fleshing out stories for it. So I feel like it's going to be very good. Um, but yeah, I mean, how can you not see them as the early favorites for, for, to win this whole deal? Exactly. I, I completely agree. Um, have any matches stood out to us thus far? AEW or WWE is early match of the year contenders. Uh, Charlotte, Naomi easily. <laughs> yeah. That was an easy one. That was just, Oh my God. That was so good. Charlotte, Naomi. I'm trying to think. Obviously, uh, Hangman Danielson yep. part Focus. two. Yep, of course. Um, what was the match that happened? There was a match that happened afterward. I mean, MJ. I've seen a lot of people put MJF, CM Punk on their list <sighs> as well. Mm. But if I'm being yeah, like, no, if I'm being yeah, if I'm being critical, I felt like the the false finish hurt the match. Yeah, I. It could have been a lot better than it was just by booking decisions alone um Mm -hmm. this one is not a match of the year contender i just like this one because i just enjoyed watching it and had fun watching it was uh Britt baker and adam cole versus orange cassidy and chris statlander that was a lot of fun definitely not a match of the year contender but i enjoyed watching it that was probably some of the most fun i've had watching a match in a while so yeah it was a good match exactly so yeah i yeah (laughs) but definitely charlotte naomi for one was very good yeah, it's tough because I try to be, I try to be, especially when you talk like match of the year, because the year's obviously so long. Yes. You know, there's going to be plenty more matches that are going to blow us away, hopefully this year. But um, yeah, for early on, the way that match went and the way the crowd reacted, 
Charlotte Naomi definitely yep. deserves to be on that list. Absolutely. Um, hmm. This one I was looking forward to because um, why not? Who is the most likely to dethrone Mandy Rose, Britt Baker, and Charlotte Flair? Who's I mean, the- I would love to see if I think we should make a sub question out of this of who is most likely versus who do you want to dethrone these three? Mm-hmm. We'll start with the most likely. Who is the most likely to beat them? Um, like I you feel said, like- Thunder Rosa was definitely yeah. most likely. Yeah. Um, I think for Mandy Rose, I feel like it's going to be Cora Jade. Hmm. Um, I just feel like that's the one that makes the most sense, I guess. Um, Charlotte Flair. Um, oh, I have a bad feeling it's going to be Ronda Rousey. And then Charlotte Flair wins the belt back for the 14th time. and Yeah, it's the 10,000th time. <laughs> yeah, I think those would be... I don't know. So what, you, would you, what would you say? Huh, man. I think Thunder Rosa is the easiest uh, to dethrone Britt Baker. Yeah. Um, Mandy Rose. Hmm. So I'm looking. Yeah, exactly. It's tough. They haven't built up the women's division in NXT 2.0, really, outside of the Dusty Cup. Yeah. So I really can't say in NXT. Um, as far as Charlotte, um, probably Ronda. I see Ronda winning at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. I think that's my early my early money is on. Because why why would she why would she you know put more pressure on her being a mother? Yeah. To come back to lose. Yeah. You yeah. Know, at, at, at WrestleMania in a big spot. Exactly. You know. Yeah. Unless she, unless she's like the 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 quintessential company person. Yeah. That she's like, oh yeah, I'll do whatever you guys want me to do, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. But why would she come back, you know, being a mother, having to take her uh, her her child on a tour bus, basically throughout yep. the company, the, throughout the country to make these to make these appearances, only to lose at WrestleMania? I don't see it happening. So I see that she's gonna uh, definitely pick up the win. Yeah, I think so too. And then when we go to the flip side of this question of who do we want to dethrone these champions, that completely changes my answers for all three okay. of them. And I feel like anybody who pays attention to the show should easily know every single solitary answer I'm about to give right now, but I'll let you go first. We'll all right. Well, I'm I'm going to try to guess. <laughs> okay. I think I think if anyone you wanted to dethrone Britt Baker, it would be Chris Statlander. That was one of them. There's one A and one B. Who okay. would be one B? Who would be one B? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, come on. That's a, that should be another easy one, too, though. Oh, man. Why am I messing this up? Uh, I'll wait. Don't worry. Uh, okay. Chris Statlander and... and God, when you say it, I'm going to be, like, so mad at myself. <laughs> I mean, if I could give you a hint, it would probably give it away. Give me the hint. You love her too. Oh, Ruby Soho? Yeah. Chris and Ruby easily would be my two dream opponents to be Brit. How, how the hell did I forget about Ruby? Maybe because we didn't see her this week. I know. It made me sad. It made me yeah. very sad. <laughs> I was very uh, sad about it. So that's 1A and 1B to defeat Britt Baker. And then the other two, there's only one for each because it's way too obvious. Dakota Kai beating Mandy Rose. Absolutely. And 
Shayna Baszler beating Charlotte Flair. Absolutely. Like, those are the only ones. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Ugh. Are yours the same, or do you have some different <laughs> answers? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I like Britt Baker as champion, so I don't want to I mean, see the belt. I, I don't mean, I do too. Belt. Yeah. I don't want to see her lose the belt anytime soon. Um, not that I think that she deserves to lose the belt yeah. anytime soon. I don't think there's someone on her level that could take the belt away from her. Uh, Thunder Rosa would be cool. I think Thunder Rosa might fit yeah. the bill, bill as champion. See, because I always look at it not necessarily who I want, but yeah. who who works as a champion. Yeah, You know, who fits that bill as a champion? I think Thunder Rosa, definitely with her expertise and her veteran-like skills, she deserves to be champion. So I wouldn't mind seeing her take the belt, even though I really don't want Britt Baker to lose. Uh, NXT, who could take the belt off Mandy Rose? I really feel uh, like there is only one answer to that question. Ay, ay, ay. I guess Dakota Kai would only be the the right one because I feel like she's the only one that has that's doing something completely different from everybody else. Yeah, yeah, that and she like, could be a champion, believably. Yeah, and for Charlotte, Naomi, I think yeah. Naomi really deserves a chance to show that she can be a great champion. I think Naomi would be a great champion, and she proved it. And she can, like you said, she had the crowd eating out of the palm of her hand. So the cr- the crowd would definitely be behind her as champion. Yeah. See, so <laughs> it's always funny seeing the difference of what we think is going to happen and what we want to happen. Yeah. Because they are completely different answers. But what will happen? I I don't know. We'll be disappointed most likely. But <laughs> what are you going to do? Um. And then Jeff's last question is. Should AEW do another women's world title eliminator tournament or even make it an annual thing? Uh, I would not be opposed to it. Me either. I love tournaments. If it was as good as the first one was, absolutely. But I think the problem is they're having that Owen Hart women's tournament. So I feel like that's going to be the annual tournament, I think. Okay. But yeah, I mean, even if they made the like... Yeah, well, I mean, it wouldn't be a title eliminator tournament. It was just the Japan side. But if they did more of like the Japan side of a tournament, I would not be opposed to that at all because that Japan side of it was great. The women, the American side was too, but it was just the Japanese side was just so well put together. And I think did a good job of introducing the like Joshi wrestling to AEW fans who were unfamiliar with it. It's kind of a shame that we haven't really seen it since. It's kind of disappointing because Jeff and I were actually talking about this a little bit with Riho's out Sheeta's back in Japan for a little bit and there is nobody else on this roster that I can think of right now that is a Joshi wrestler like you can't no. really have Yuka Sakazaki because she's I think one half of the if I remember correctly Jeff told me she's one half of the Tokyo Joshi pro wrestling tag team champions so obviously she's not going anywhere um I think Maki Ito wants to come to the States, but is still under contract with Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling. So I think it's kind of tough right now because they're all in Japan and can't really do anything. I mean, Emi Sakura, that's literally the only one that I can think of. I was just going to ask, what's Emi Sakura doing? Uh, Dark matches and elevation. That's literally all I've seen her do. Man. Yeah. Yeah. But I I would love it. I love wrestling tournaments. I think they're, they're the easiest to tell stories 
<laughs> they're, the, they're the easiest to develop some drama. Unless you do the Queen's Crown. <laughs> Unless you do the Queen's Crown, that's for sure. Yeah, but, but I, mean, no, I, I agree. I, I, I love wrestling tournaments. I could sit and watch all types of wrestling tournaments. So I wouldn't be opposed to another women's tournament, whether it be for to develop a number one contender, mm-hmm. you know, or a title eliminator or anything like that. I love it. Yeah, I would totally like to see it again. It was such a well put together tournament, especially in comparison to the goddamn Queen's Crown tournament. They could have <laughs> like we like we said back then and they literally proved our point. They could have done the bare minimum and it was already going to be better than the Queen's Crown. But we digress though. But yeah, short answer, yes. We would absolutely love to see it again, but I'm just more ex- I'm excited to see what they're going to do with the Owen Hart tournament, which yeah, I still say Ruby or Stat should win, but we'll we'll see what happens and I think May if I remember correctly. May. So, okay. So we'll see what happens. Who knows? It's only a few months away. So, um, all right. So we actually have, uh, Jack came back with a few questions this week, which I was very excited to see. So Jack, thank you for your questions. It's good to see you back on the, uh, on the tweet. Um, who are we excited to see Keith Lee in the ring with an AEW? <sighs> the, the entire <laughs> roster. The entire roster. Um, hmm. I, I would like to see Adam Cole again because I'd love to see if they could like revisit some of what happened in NXT because it was really good. That feud with Adam and Keith was great. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Keith I'd and like Dante to see what Martin. happens with Lance Archer. You put two big guys together and see what would happen. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Who oh, has the be- better high flying skill? <laughs> Oh, that would be yeah. that'd be great. Um, I think we're already gonna we already got a little teaser of it. Him and Sammy Guevara. Sammy already mentioned yeah. him by name. Um, yeah, that, that would be great. Two Texas boys going at it, right? Uh, Malachi, I love to see that. Just because it's Malachi. Um, hmm. Uh, him and Jay Lethal would be awesome. Ooh, yeah, that would be a really really good one. Oh. I mean, on, that's the thing we love about these questions because the possibilities are really endless in AEW with Keith Lee. Uh, There's just so many people that we want to see him wrestle and hopefully we're going to see them all at some point. But yeah, uh, I'm just excited to see Keith back in a ring, especially not even for the fact that he was just underused and just screwed over on the main roster in WWE. It's the fact that he has been through hell and back just to even get back in the ring. I mean, he almost yeah. died. So yeah. It's just good to see him back and to see him be his old self again was just really, it was fun to watch. Like, I could not stop smiling the whole time. I'm not even going to lie. It was just great to see. Yeah, like like I said earlier, the whole time I'm watching it, I was just like, how can you screw up having this guy a part of your roster? Yeah. He's just he's just everything that you would want on, on, a, on a roster, you know, and especially as your champion, too. Yeah. So him yep. and Hangman Page could probably tear it up. Exactly. You know, Keith, Keith Lee and Brian Danielson would be amazing. Oh my, just thinking about it. Oh, it makes, mm. oh take our money now, please. Yes. Um, oh boy. All right. So this one I feel like could be asked um, earnestly and also sarcastically. I'm not entirely sure which one it is, but um, do we think the AEW women should have more factions? I feel like that honestly is not a sarcastic question because there's just so many on the men's side and then the women's side it's like there's team dmd there's i guess do you want to call vicky guerrero and isla rosa faction i don't really think they are because it's just kind of like a manager kind of thing yeah um i always feel like you get those like de facto tag teams that are 
kind of a thing for a little bit and then just kind of go away and that's it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the factions would spice things up a little bit, I suppose. Yeah, I, I think I think it would make sense to to have something other than Team D and D, you know, showcase at the front. It's just yeah, AEW is known for their factions already, so you know you don't want to go ahead yeah. and you know overdo it with that. But I think yeah. for the women, it makes a lot of sense. I feel like the only other, I guess you can call them established. I guess if you want to use that term loosely, tag team is Anna J and Ty Conti. That's about yeah. it. Yeah. Because I feel yeah, like Penelope Ford and the Bunny were only there by like, just because they had to be, mm-hmm. just to give them something to do. Yeah, and so I don't. Mm. It's tough because I feel like if you start putting more factions in the women's division, then it gets to the point of overkill because there's already way too many on the men's side. Like, the men's ta- the, like factions are just insane, and now the fact that we got like sub factions within factions, mm-hmm. and then we got two factions going together now, it's like it's too much yeah it it's, is way, it's way too much um okay so this is technically this was his fifth question but we're switching it because i think we know what the last question is going to be <laughs> should anthony agogo and paul white team up as a go-go big show and just beat up cody rhodes yes right it's a, it's, it was, it's a good one that is a good one i i laughed for <laughs> i laughed for solid like three minutes oh, reading, reading that but um Anytime Cody could get beat up, yes, I'd say. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you just love watching Cody get beat up. Yeah, but yeah, but then that means that he's going to have his like comeback moment and, and it's like, yeah, it's too much. But yeah, I mean, hey, I wouldn't mind seeing Malachi kick his head off again, but <laughs> oh well, it is what it is. But no, we're going to see him get stuck with the men of the year and Dan Lambert and Paige Van Zandt because yeah, this is, yeah, totally... I'm glad they did. Did they even have a segment of that this week on Dynamite? I don't think so. I don't think so. Not, Thank God. not like not like a Dan Lambert talking segment. Thank God. And Brandy Rhodes wasn't talking either, so even better. <laughs> oh, shots fired. <laughs> I can't help it. It's just it was that whole segment they had a few weeks ago was just trash. Yes. <laughs> um. All right. So I think we know what our last question is here. We have to send hook. All right. When will TNT make an exclusive hook show? Could you imagine him having like a, like a, like an Eric Andre type show where he just sits there, but doesn't say anything. (laughs) Honestly. And just has his, like his, his sidekick could be powerhouse Hobbs. Oh my God. Or Ricky or Ricky Starks. No, Ricky's the guy playing the instruments. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's like, he's in the ring wrestling himself and then you cut to like the announce team and he's the announcer and then you count oh, to the ring announcer and he's the ring announcer. It's it's, it would be so soon. Yeah. It should be sooner rather than later. That'd Hook be needs awesome. his own show. I would love to watch it. No, just have him do. A, no, he needs to have a show where it's like a reaction show where they just show him a bunch of cl- clips and he just like sits there <laughs> eating his hook snacks and just doesn't do anything else. Like <laughs> That would, I think that'd be very fitting. That'd be good. I would watch that. I would watch the hell out of that. I would too, honestly. I'm just excited to see like what he's gonna actually do when he has to like cut a promo. He's just gonna sit there and eat his snacks and just like not acknowledge anything. I don't want him to cut a promo. It's gonna be Brock Lesnar all over again. No, if if it was up to me, like he wouldn't. He wouldn't need to cut a promo. No, he wouldn't. He you can give him a mouthpiece if you get hell. I want to see his dad like come out. 
come out to the ring with him. You know, I think that's cool. I, I like that aspect of it because because yeah. Taz is like a proud father, but he doesn't let his pride like he's not over there going, look at my boy, look at my son. He's just sounding like, look, he's been doing this since he was a kid. You know, yeah. he's he's been messing people up since he was a kid. I just let him do whatever he wants to do. Yeah, he's could just like, ma- yeah, do whatever. Could you imagine if somehow Ricky Starks loses the FTW title, but Hook gets it back? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That'd be that'd be excellent. Oh, that would be great. I'm fully on board on the Hook fan club. I am too. And honestly, it's not even really... I think it used to just be out of... Not sarcasm, but just like out of humor. Where it's just like, oh yeah, we just gotta... You know, it's funny. We're just gonna watch it. But now it's like he actually is doing good in the ring. So now it's yeah. all like earnestly hoping he does good. Because he didn't crash and burn. Like I think some people expect him to. So... I, yeah. I, fully, I fully was sarcastic with the with the hook thing yeah i'm not gonna yeah i'm not gonna lie about that but seeing what he it's it's not so much that he he's doing good he's like he's he's better than what we thought he was gonna be yeah yeah honestly because we're all just like okay yeah he's gonna wrestle and yeah it might be good or something and literally got our socks blown off yeah that's that's best way to put it oh yeah so hopefully we will get the hook reaction show soon. <laughs> TNT, you better be listening right now. But we're giving you free gold here, yeah, right? We gave you gold with the hook snacks, and you didn't listen. So listen <laughs> with the TV show. But um, yeah, you gotta you gotta laugh at it because it can still be a parody and also be serious at the same time. What can what do you want from us? For sure. Um. All right. I think that actually is it. All right. So we got through all the questions. Yeah, we did the thing. It was a lot of fun. These questions were a lot of fun this week. Oh, they were. Like they are all the time. They're always great. Yeah, definitely. We appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Best way to be a part of the show is uh, interacting with us on social media. You can find us on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram. Same handle at Ringside Rundown. Check us out. Every Friday we drop the questions tweet, letting you guys know, uh, you know, to drop your questions, comments, anything involving wrestling, you could do so. We drop that tweet every Friday afternoon. So yep. make sure you throw us a follow and stick around for that tweet every Friday. Uh, if you want to check me out individually on Twitter, you can follow me at Wrestling Cron. That's Wrestling C H R O N. That's where I give my updates and daily thoughts of wrestling. Uh, where can they find you, Shay? You can find me on Twitter at Shailene Hickson21. And, uh, I do Twitch occasionally. <laughs> I do stream when whenever I have the free time or the, I guess, motivation would be the word. You just get so tired sometimes after work. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> find me there on Twitch at Shay underscore Hickson 21. Um, yeah, it's a good time. It really is. When I actually do stream, I always enjoy it. It's always a good time getting to hang out with my friends and chat and talk literally everything, anything and everything. Sports, wrestling, music video games star wars star wars drag race you name it i've probably talked about it at length during the stream so yeah definitely check her out you can check me out on twitch uh twitch.tv slash eric the ghost i stream during the weekdays check me out there if you want to uh and yeah check us out on social media um like i said ringside rundown also if you want to leave us voice messages our good friend mike is always great for leaving us the voice messages And I always enjoy listening to them. Thank you, Mike, for the birthday shout out. I appreciate it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
But check us out. If you want to leave us a voice message, all you have to do is go to anchor.fm slash ringside rundown slash messages, and you can leave us a voicemail uh, giving us your thoughts or your opinions on wrestling, or if you have a question that you want us to answer, we will definitely do so on the show. Uh, this podcast is available all across the board on the internet, where, wherever you listen to your podcast. You can listen to it on Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Apple, uh, basically wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you can't find it, just go ahead and find us on social media and we will find you a link to the podcast. But wherever you listen to your podcast, search Ringside Rundown, hit that subscribe button so that way you'll never miss an episode of the Ringside Rundown podcast brought to you weekly by TWM.News and the Wrestling Chronicle. So I basically covered all the bases, have I? Yeah, I think you did. All right. Well, for Shay Hickson, my name is Eric Vasquez. We will be back next week with another episode of the Ringside Rundown. You guys have a great weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. Are you Let's, rooting for anybody or um, or do you not care like I do? It's, it's not that I don't care. I think for me, like you got both guys like Joe Burrow and then mm-hmm. you have you have Matt, Matthew Stafford. They're both such likable guys, Yeah, you know? Joe I mean, Burrow, yeah. a, a likable guy. Matt Stafford. He came from Detroit having to toil away in the Detroit Lions for all those years, finally getting some recognition and showing off that he's an elite quarterback. I mean, it's I, I'm just hoping for a good game. <sighs> yeah, it's just as a Steelers fan, it's kind of tough because I just don't want Cincinnati to win because we'll never hear the end of it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll just be there for the commercials, I guess. <laughs> the commercials. The halftime show is going to look awesome. Yeah. So I can't wait for it. Um, going to be fun. Stuff my face with a bunch of food. Yes. Especially the food. <laughs> That's what it's all about. So, like I said, for Shea Hickson, my name is Eric Vasquez. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Enjoy your weekend. Have a good one, guys. See you next week, guys.